0: Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I want to encourage you to open them to Matthew 28. Matthew 28, we're going to look at verses 19 through 20. Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. I've been itching to get back in the pulpit so bad, I told Josh you can only do two songs. That's as long as I can wait. (laughs) Get me up early. I've been waiting. Uh, So here we go. Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. You know here at Lenexa Baptist, we observe two ordinances. The Lord's Supper and Baptism, both these ordinances are incredibly powerful. They've been given to us by our Lord in His Word, and they picture the Gospel. Both of them picture the Gospel. The Lord's Supper is something that we're to do frequently. Here at Lenexa Baptist Church, we do it uh, once a month. Um, Baptism is something that we're to do once at the point of salvation. Now, there's a vast array of opinions and beliefs about baptism. How should it be done? When? When should it be done? What's its relationship to salvation? And today I pray that we find some clarity on these questions because I know there's some of you that are in this room this morning and you're wondering, do I need to get baptized? And still others of you are wondering, is my baptism biblical? Is my baptism legitimate? And my goal is always is to point us to scripture because quite frankly, it doesn't really matter what I believe, doesn't really matter what I think. It only matters what God has said. And I believe that God has spoken with great clarity on this issue of baptism. He's told us the answer to these questions. And so we're going to look to God's word. Let me just read this passage. We'll pray and we'll work our way through it. Look there with me, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen through 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Father, we ask that you would bless the study of your word this morning. God, we're grateful this morning that your word is eternal. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. We're grateful this morning that it's not only eternal, it's living and active. It penetrates hearts and souls and draws us to yourself. So, Lord, I pray this morning that your word would speak with clarity and draw all of us to obedience. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You remember these words, Jesus has gathered his guys on the mountain there, he's giving them some final instructions before he ascends to the Father, and in these instructions he really gives them then just one command. One command, the Great Commission, the one command is to go and make disciples. Make disciples is the one command, but involved in making disciples is two elements, He says, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to baptize them. Make sure that they make a public confession of faith in me. And then secondly, he says, teach them to observe. Not teach them to know, but teach them to obey. And we could spend weeks talking about both these elements, but this morning I want us just to focus in on that one element of the Great Commission, which is baptism. And in these two verses, we find the number one reason for getting baptized. We get baptized first, foremost because our Lord commanded it. It's a personal command from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ, with no ambiguity whatsoever, declared that all those who seek to be his disciples are to be baptized. In fact, on the basis of these verses, this is the very first command that is given to you as a believer. Now everyone will point out, or lots of people will point out, the the thief on the cross as the exception to this. And and since the, the thief on the cross, or the idea is since the thief on the cross didn't get baptized, and we know Jesus said today, you'll be with me in paradise, that, that since he didn't get baptized, I don't have to get baptized. But I want us to understand this morning that the reason that the thief on the, the cross didn't get baptized is not because he didn't want to, but because he couldn't. It's really hard to get baptized when you got nails in your hands and you're strapped to a cross. It wasn't an uh, issue of willingness It was uh, an issue of ability. The model of Scripture that we see over and over again is that a person places their faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and then they get baptized in obedience to his word. So first and foremost, we get baptized because Christ commanded it. And do we really need to go any further than that? I mean, if Christ tells us to do something one time, isn't that enough? Should be, but he gives us more. And I gotta give, give you more too, so here we go. Not only is it a personal command from the Lord, it's a public confession. It's a public confession. The very first thing that Christ commands us to do with a new disciple is baptism. And here's the question that we've gotta ask ourselves What is it about baptism that makes it so significant? that the very first thing that Christ would command us to do is to be baptized. I mean, couldn't he have told us a whole lot of things to do? He could have given us a lot of other instructions, but he made it a point to tell us the very first thing that you ought to do is be baptized. What is it that makes this so significant? And I think in order to understand that question, we got to go back to the context of of first century Christianity. In first century Christianity, if you were baptized, you weren't baptized in a closed door church in a nice baptistry with warm water. No, you were baptized at a local watering hole, a river, a pool, or the city square. And you were baptized in, in public view for everyone to see. And please remember that Christianity at that point was not very popular As you went forward and you identified with Christ in your baptism and you said, Jesus is Lord of my life, and you identified with him, you could lose your your business if you were a business owner. You could lose your job if you were an employee. You could lose your family. You could lose your friends. And a lot of people lost their life because they were willing to go forward and say, I love Jesus, and I'm following him, and I want to picture what he's done in my life. So for you to go public with your faith and identify with Christ through baptism and declare Jesus is Lord in that context was a serious matter. If you were a Christian in the, the first century, there were no casual Christians. If you went public and you were baptized, you were all in and committed to Christ. So why did Jesus command that the very first thing I want you to do with a new disciple is baptize him? I believe because he wanted to know from the very outset, are you really serious about following me? Are you really serious about following me? And are you willing to go public? Men, husbands, you got a wedding ring. What if you went home to your wife today and said, hey, honey, we got these wedding ring deal, but you know what? This marriage deal is kind of a private, personal matter, and I really don't want the rest of the world to know. So when I go out in public, I'm going to take it off, put it in my pocket, because I really don't want to identify with you out there. When we come home, I'll put it back on, because it's a private matter. It's a personal matter, but out there, I really don't want anybody to know. How's that going to go over in your home? It wouldn't go over well in mine. I don't know about yours. Why? Because this, this ring is an outward external symbol to the world that I'm committed to my wife. And I love her, and I don't care who knows. But I love my wife, and I'm committed to her. Baptism is you going public and saying to this world, I don't care who knows, and I don't care what you do to me. I love Jesus, and he saved me, and I'm following him. It's a public confession that he is Lord of your life. Remember this, too. Jesus went public for you. He died publicly for you. He didn't die in some corner of the world where no one could see. He died in public view publicly humiliated in a demonstration of his love for you as he bore your sins the question in baptism is will you go public for him you know the 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 reality is for those of us in 21st century american christianity baptism is much more of a private celebration than it is a public confession when we get baptized in a room full of the people that love Jesus, it, it, it's actually a pretty easy deal in a room full of people who love Jesus and who will applaud you to get up and say, I love Jesus too. But it's a whole different deal to go out into that world and declare in an adverse world that does not like the things of God or Jesus and say, I love him. And I'm just going to tell you, if you have a hard time doing that in front of these people who love you and will applaud you, I have a hard time believing you're going to go out there and confess him in a world that hates him. And Jesus said, If you'll deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. Confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who is in heaven. The spirit of baptism is that I'm unashamed. I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God and the salvation for all who believe. The next question is it is a public confession, but then the question must be asked what are you confessing? What are you confessing in your baptism? Well, number one, you're confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord, but just as importantly, you're confessing what has occurred in your heart, and that is that you have died to an old way of life, and you've been raised to new life through faith in Jesus Christ. It's why here at Lanexa Baptist Church, we baptize by immersion, meaning we put you under. Say, what's the big deal? Well, first of all, just know this. The word bab, uh, baptism, the Greek word's baptizo. We don't even translate it in the Bible. It's just a transliteration. But the word literally means to put under. It means to immerse. But you just put that to the side and say that's not the biggest issue. The reason why we immerse is because in your baptism, you're picturing the gospel. And what happened to you when you became a Christian is not that you just got cleansed, but you died. You died to an old way of life, you died to your sin, you died to yourself, and you were made alive, a new creation, through faith in Jesus Christ. So many people will associate baptism with cleansing. Listen, every time baptism is in the New Testament, it's always associated with death to sin and new life to Christ. Paul said it this way in Romans 6, 3, or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the God, the father, we too might walk in newness of life. We take baptism by immersion incredibly seriously because we take the gospel seriously and we want a person to know today as we baptize, every time we do it, we're making an evangelistic appeal. That this is what the gospel does. And we want you to know. We don't want to pull the old bait and switch. We want to be honest with you that if you want to follow Jesus today, as he said in his word, you got to take up your cross. you got to deny yourself and follow him, meaning you got to be willing to die. Following Jesus is not just about adding a hobby to your life or getting a little cleaned up. No, it's you dying to your sin and being made alive through faith in Jesus Christ. It's a public confession And finally, you need to know this morning, it is to be done post-conversion. It's to be done post-conversion. Since baptism is an expression of what's already occurred in my heart through faith, it can only be experienced by believers. Said said another way, if baptism is an expression of a a faith that you already have, then then baptism is not something that a non-believer can do. It's not something that an infant can do. Throughout the New Testament, we do not see one baptism, not one baptism of a person who has not already placed their faith in Jesus Christ. I want to be very clear to you this morning. The idea of you being saved as an infant through the faith of another person, your parent, is not biblical. God doesn't have any spiritual grandchildren. Your parents' faith can't save you. Some of you may have walked an aisle as a child, you had no clue what you were doing, you made no real commitment to Christ, you got baptized, you got dunked in a pool, and it had no real significance in your life because you had no real faith. I wanna be clear this morning, God is not impressed with wet sinners. That doesn't impress him. And there's nothing supernatural about those waters. It's what has occurred in your heart through faith in Jesus Christ that makes those waters significant. And maybe you're that person as a child. You before it, had no real significance, no real commitment. But later on, you did make a genuine commitment to Christ. You understood what Christ had done for you for the first time. You understood your sin and you trusted in him. You placed your faith in Christ. That's you this morning. You need to get baptized. You know, the number one question that I get concerning baptism is this. Is, is baptism necessary for salvation? And you know what i found is, more often than not, what they're really asking is, (laughs) is there a way to be a Christian and not obey Christ in this area of my life? In other words, what can I get away with and still be a Christian? And if you're asking that question, I'm telling you today, you're asking the wrong question. You know, the picture is in Acts chapter 2 when Peter preaches the first Christian sermon ever. And he proclaims to that group of people who are gathered that Christ died for your sins. And he was placed in a tomb and he rose on the third day. He died for you and you're guilty and he's the only means of salvation. You know what they did? Something that's never happened to me. They interrupted Peter mid-sermon. And they said, what do we have to do? You know what Peter said? He said, repent and each of you be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And 3,000 people gave their life to Christ and were baptized that day. That is the attitude that we ought to have, that in light of my guilt, in light of my sin, in light of what Christ has done for me, the question is not what can I get away with, but what must I do? And Jesus says, repent, turn from your sins, turn to me and be baptized. Make a public confession of faith in Christ. So let's just get down to the brass tacks this morning. You're sitting there, you're saying, do I need to get baptized? Well, maybe you were baptized as an infant and you had no real faith. In fact, you don't even remember that moment. Maybe it was really impactful in your parents' life, but you don't even remember that moment. And you've never been baptized in obedience to God's word to make a public confession, to go on record as a believer that I love Jesus and I don't care, who knows? Can I tell you this morning, you need to get baptized. Maybe you were baptized as a child, the the scenario I mentioned earlier, but it it had no real meaning in your life. You made no real commitment. Maybe you were just following the crowd or going through the motions, but you weren't a true believer. You didn't really know Christ at that moment. You just got dunked in a pool. Can I tell you this morning, if you've come to a place of trusting in Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to get baptized. Some of you got, got sprinkled. I'm here to tell you if salvation is about cleansing, then that'd be fine. But salvation, as we know it in Scripture, is not a cleansing. It is a death to sin and new life in Christ. And you need to get baptized today and declare what's occurred already in your heart, that I died and I was made alive by the power of God that raised Christ from the dead. That same power has worked in my life to recreate me from the inside out. And you need to get baptized. And some of you still yet are here this morning, you've never trusted in Christ. You've never placed your faith in him. Can I tell you this morning, I pray that you would know this morning that just like all of us, you're a sinner, regardless of what mama told you, all right? We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, and our only hope is Jesus Christ. And maybe this morning, you're beginning to understand the depth of your own sin and the beauty of your Savior, Jesus, who died for you. I'm challenging you this morning. Would you trust in Christ? Would you know the free gift of salvation by trusting in him, repenting of your sins and turning to Christ in faith? The salvation's available to you today. I'm challenging you to trust in Christ and then you know what you need to do? You need to get baptized. And we're gonna give you the opportunity to get baptized this morning, right now. We've given you the opportunity this morning and we've taken away every excuse Some of you, you're hearing this, you know you need to get baptized. You're beginning to experience what we call the conviction of the Holy Spirit and you know what you need to do. But all these excuses are running through your mind. You're saying, boy, I want to get baptized, but I need my family there. I really want my daughter, my son, my mom, my dad. I want them to be here. Listen, we're recording the service. We'll get it on CD to you. We'll email it in digital format. Quite frankly, if you respond right now, you got time to call them and tell them jump on live stream. I had somebody do it in the first service. They called dad, said, dad, you're home with the sick kids. You better get online right now. He jumped on Facebook live. Watch the thing live right here with us. You have that opportunity. We've taken away that excuse. Our desire as a church is, listen, we, we, we as a staff, we t- I tell you every week, you'll never regret obeying Jesus. Our job is to take away as many obstacles and barriers and excuses that keep you from following Christ, because if you're living in disobedience this morning, you'll never know the peace of God. You'll be miserable. You can have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ, but you won't know the peace of God because you're walking in disobedience. Still others of you, you say this morning, well, pastor, I want to be baptized, but I don't want to join the church. We're not asking you to join the church. Quite frankly, that's the last thing on my mind right now. The, the, the most important issue is you obeying Jesus. That's what we're, we'll talk about membership later. That's down the line. This morning is just about you walking in obedience to what Christ has commanded you to do. For some of you, it's not an understanding problem. It's a practical problem. You're saying, well, I didn't bring my clothes with me. I don't have my stuff. Listen, we got everything. I ain't going to go into detail. We got everything, all right? This ain't our first rodeo. We've done this before. We know we got everything you need. Some of you say, well, I don't want to draw attention to myself. Listen, Jesus himself was baptized in the Jordan as an example for you to follow. There is no excuse that is sufficient this morning. What Jesus prioritized, we better not minimize. I'm asking you this morning, do you need to get baptized? What in the world is keeping you from obeying Christ then? I'm going to pray for us, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If that's you this morning, if you're sitting right there and you know you need to be baptized, I'm asking as I pray, you just get up you come join me right here why don't we all of us stand right now i'm gonna pray for us pastor josh gonna come and play listen i'm gonna pray for us but if you know you know you need to respond why would you wait any longer you just come on as i'm praying right now if god is working in your heart you know you need to be baptized you just meet us right here at the front father i thank you this morning that you've made it very clear to us and in that great commission you declare this is not a secondary issue this is primary And I know in my heart, Lord, there's some people in here that you're speaking to them. And God, you're working in their heart. They know what they need to do. God, I pray that you'd give them the courage this morning to respond in faith, trust in you, and they'd be baptized. Lord, I pray that no excuse would stand in the way of them obeying you, that they might know your peace. Lord, work in their heart. Give them the courage to follow you. And let them know this morning they'll never regret obeying Christ. God, thank you so much for your grace and your forgiveness. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Before we sing, here's what I want to ask you to do. You know, one of the hindrances, we talk about taking away every excuse that we keep you from following Christ in this area. One of the excuses might be, well, I'm afraid to go by myself. And listen, sometimes following Christ is scary by yourself. And you would just like somebody to go with you. No more powerful phrase in, in the human language than, I'm with you. You ever had somebody say that to you when you're struggling in your life, you're going through some stuff, and somebody just came alongside you and said, I'm with you. I'll go with you. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to start singing. And and we're not here to to emotionally manipulate you into some decision. That's not our desire. But we just want to take away every hindrance. And so as we start to sing, you, you may want to just lean over to the person sitting next to you and say, if you want to go, I'll go with you. Just as the Spirit leads in your heart, if you, if you feel compelled to, to ask the person next to you, why don't you do that? As we sing right now, you might just want to lean to the person next to you and say very briefly, very quietly, hey, if you want to go, you don't have to go alone. I'll go with you. You do that right now as Pastor Josh leads us in song.